morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Furley Martin. And today, um, thank you for joining into my podcast, uh, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You guys know that we're going to go on the inside, and like always, we're going to deal with the real inner issues. Those issues that's on that's hidden in the heart, things that's on the inside of us that's manifesting on the outside of us. I like to tell people that those outward manifestations are coming from those inward issues, right? So let's go on and get ready to get ready to start. Today we're going to be talking about uh, prescription scriptures, uh, prescription healing prescription scriptures. We're going to talk about healing. <laughs> You know, we need to, uh, this is going to be a major issue for us, especially right now with the uh, different viruses and stuff on the loose. We're going to have to have faith for healing. How many of you know that? That without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without faith, we cannot receive anything from God. So today we're going to talk about healing prescription scriptures. How many of you know that the Word of God is the power of God? And we're going to take some from my book that I'm in the process of writing, Healing Prescription Scriptures. It's a a Bible study study guide. Okay, but we're going to pray first. Father, we just thank you for being together in the midst of us, Lord God. So we're two or three are joined together. Here you are, Father. I thank you right now that healing is the children bread, Father. You said that by your stripes we were already healed. So, Father, we come before you today, this day, bringing you in remembrance of your word, bringing you in remembrance of what you already said. And, Father God, we thank you that we ask that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the living God is saying, Father, so we can have faith to believe what we hear. For, Father, you said faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, Father, we believe that as we hear your word, that faith will cometh. Father God, and we will have faith to receive, faith to believe, and faith to receive the manifestations of your word. Father, for you said it without faith, it's impossible to please you, Father, and we do not want to be displeasing to you. Therefore, we say, we stand together in agreement, Father God, and we say that we agree with whatever your word says. In Jesus' name we pray, and we thank you, Father, for your rhema word and for anointing my lips of clay to speak your word, Father God, without stammering or stammering lips, but with clarity. So any age and anyone will be able to hear, for we understand that understanding is really important. For you said that wisdom is the principal thing, but in all you're getting for us to get understanding. So Father God, I thank you that it's your Holy Spirit that reveals, that enlightens us and gives us that rhema word. And so we just thank you, Father, that the Holy Spirit is the teacher. You said we have an unction from the Holy One. And we thank you that as I open my mouth um, and as we open our hearts and our ears, Father, that we will hear what the Spirit of the living God says. And we will receive your rhema word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys again for joining in. Again, my name is um, Pearlie Martin. Arthur Pearlie Martin. Um, you guys, please share this podcast. As I said, we know that we're going to definitely need faith for healing for this journey that we're in right now, right? How many of you know that John 10, 10 tells us that Jesus said that he was a good shepherd and he comes that we might have life and life more abundantly, but he said that it's the thief that come and not but the still kill and destroy. So I like to tell people that if it's stealing, if it's killing, and if it's destroying, we automatically instantly know that that's not the work of our Heavenly Father because He's a good shepherd. He's the good Father. and He's not bringing anything, any evil on us to try to teach us a lesson, okay? But He can cause all those evil things that the devil try to bring on us to work together for our good according to Romans when we love Him and are called according to His purpose. So here I'm going to start with, um, let's start. We're talking about healing scriptures. Um, I'm going to be teaching some from my book. Okay, healing prescription scriptures. I'm still in the process of writing it. Um, This has really been an urgency and something on my heart. Um, So here we are today. Okay, so I want to start with I want to start with uh, First Peter two and twenty four. He bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness and by his wounds you have been healed right 
Um, the you know, uh, King James Version says that by his stripes we have been healed. First Peter uh, 2.24, it tells us that by his stripes we are healed, right? Or by his wounds we are healed. First Peter 2.24, that's where we're coming, we're starting off with that. First Peter 2.24, King NIV says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So we see here that, I remember when I got the the revelation of the scripture, I was laying at the foot of my bed with my mom, and, and it was like the Holy Spirit gave me an open vision, and he allowed me to see the stripes that was on Jesus' back. You know, I was sitting there, and I was trying to memorize the scriptures, you know, greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world, you know. Uh, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. And I mean, he showed it to me as clear as daylight, um, the stripes that was on his back. And I remember saying to my mom, oh my God, it's those stripes that he took on his back that caused me to be healed. How many of you know, because God is a God of purpose, Everything he does, he does on purpose, for a purpose, and with his purpose in mind. So everything that Jesus took, when they put the crowns on his head, and um, he was bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes that we were healed. And so when they were feeding him with that canine tail, and they were pulling the skin off his back, it was ripping the skin off his back, He did that so that we could be healed by his stripes. Those are the stripes that he's talking about. When he said by his stripes, we know that we know this verse and we understand, you know, we see the picture and we, but I'm telling you when the Holy Spirit gives you a rhema word and he gave me an open vision and I was able to see those stripes that was on his back. And then I remember going to see the movie The Passion of Christ. And all I could do was sit there in that movie and just weep and say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Because you took all of that for me. You did all, he did more than just die on the tree. But he was beat, he was wounded, he was pierced. He was mocked, he was lied on. He, 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 he suffered both physical abuse as well as uh, mental abuse. He was, he was lied on. He was persecuted. They called him, they said he had a devil, cast out devils by devils. They said he was not the son of God. He was not the Messiah. He, he was rejected by men. He even dealt with rejection because the Bible says he was rejected by men, but he was chosen by God. See, he covered it all. He covered, he even dealt with that root of rejection because he too was rejected like we've been rejected. But he realized and understand that even men reject me, but I've been chosen by my heavenly father. So when people reject you, just know, that you've been chosen and accepted by the beloved. You've been chosen by your heavenly father. And your heavenly father says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you nor forsake you. This is what the promise says. So when the problem comes, then we can say what the promise says, which says that I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you never, uh, but I will leave you with a comforter, right? Or I will not leave you, um, I will not, Let's let's look that up. I'm really not trying to get into that, but I'm going to go. I will uh, not leave you as orphans. But I will leave you with a comforter. The Holy Spirit. Okay, let's look at the New King James Version. This is in John 14, 18. So when that spirit of loneliness comes um, to try to make you feel like you're alone, because that's what that orphan spirit does, it makes you feel like you're by yourself, like you're fatherless or you're motherless. Because isn't that what an orphan is? When you're feeling like you're fatherless, you're motherless, I'm the only one, there's no one else. Um, so when that spirit comes on you, let's speak to it. Jesus said in John 14, 
18 through 21 because some of us, it's not so much physical healing we need. We need emotional healing. We need inner healing, right? So we're going to deal with not just the physical needs, but the spiritual needs also. Um, so John 14, 18. Hold one moment, please. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. For, um, welcome back. Again, we're here talking about healing prescription scriptures. How many of you know that the Word of God is the power of God? Um, we were talking about how by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. Um, the stripes that he took on his back, it was for our healing. Everything he gives us, everything that he does, it's for a reason, for a purpose. It's on purpose, for a purpose and with his good purpose in mind, okay? So we're gonna pick back up where we left off at. I had a minor interruption. Um, I'm trying to do my face, uh, YouTube live also, so please be patient with me. One second here. One moment. You guys subscribe to my YouTube page, it's called Gene Martin. I have quite a few videos over there. Coming from First Peter three twenty four, we're talking about by Jesus stripes we're healed. So now let's go on and move on again. Like I said, I'm teaching some from my book. You guys pick up my Bible study guide, Healing Prescription Scriptures, um, because the Word of God is the power of God. Isaiah forty twenty nine thirty one tells us. He said He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Um, what does God give us power to do according to uh, the scripture, Isaiah 40, 29, 30-31? It says he gives, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no strength. What's his four promises to us? Um, when we wait on the Lord, what are the four promises, the four things he, have prom he has promised to do? It says he gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases their strength. But those who wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That's his promise to us when we wait on him. And that word wait there means, it doesn't mean to sit around doing nothing. That word literally means to serve. So continue doing what you're doing while you're going through what you're going through, okay? Because those that are waiting on the Lord, those that are continually serving the Lord, he's going to renew your strength. God, how many of you know that God will uh, uh, anoint us to do, he will grace us to do whatever he's asked us to do? And, the, and, and some of us are not getting healed because we're not moving. <laughs> They that wait, it doesn't mean to sit still. It means to continue to serve, the word like a waiter. It means to serve. Okay, so who does God increase strength to? For those that wait on the Lord. Uh, again, we already went through 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, or by his stripes you were healed. I want to stop right here. I want to give more attention to here where it says, by his stripes, 1 Peter 2, 21, um, King James said, by his stripes, we were healed. Meaning, if we were healed, that means that we're already healed. I did a, um, I think it was a Facebook Live, talked about, um, are you uh, praying in a, mi a mist, or are you praying by, are you praying the prayer of faith? Because what he's saying here is, uh, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed, meaning that we're already healed. Okay, that means it's finished, that it's done. So are we praying? That means it's finished. Um, again, 1 Peter 2.24. I'm sorry, I wasn't live yet. I'm picking back up at 1 Peter uh, 2.24. What we're talking about, he was talking about by his stripes, we were healed. Meaning, we already healed. If we were healed, that means we're already healed. So my question once again is, are we praying the prayer of faith? The prayer of faith, the Bible tells us that it will heal the sick. But the prayer of faith must be a prayer prayed in faith. 
So do you are you trying to get healed in your mind, mentally? You know, are you thinking that you're trying to get healed or do you believe that you're already healed? Because according to the word of God, he tells us that by Jesus' stripes, we were healed, meaning that it's already done, that the work has already been finished. It's already been done. So the prayer of faith means I believe that it's finished. I believe that it's done. I'm not praying prayers like God heal me because that's not a prayer of faith. Okay. The prayer of faith says, God, I believe that by Jesus stripes, I'm already healed. Therefore, I stand in agreement with what you say, believing and walking in agreement with what you say. I am submitting um, my my beliefs. I'm submitting my will, my way and everything to you. I'm submitting my emotions, everything to you because I believe that by your stripes, I'm already healed. I'm not just talking about inner healing, but I'm t- outer healing, but I'm talking about inner healing. I'm talking about he was bruised for our iniquity. A bruise is something that's on the inside. When you have a bruise, it's on the inside. It's broken blood vessels, it's on the inside. It leaves a blue and black mark on your leg. That's a bruise, that's inner healing. How many of you, he was not just healed for our outward manifestations, for broken bones and sickness in our body and things like that, but he was bruised for our iniquity. He covered it all, you guys. He didn't just die so that we could be redeemed and we could be saved. And when we leave here, we'll go to heaven with and be with our heavenly father. But he fixed it so we can have life and life more abundantly, live life and life more abundantly, even in this earth. The Bible tells us that healing is the children's bread. That's our portion. That's part of the covenant. We have faith to believe for salvation. We're going to have to use that same faith to believe everything else that he did for us in the redemptive package. He didn't just die to save us. He didn't just die to redeem us, but he he also fixed it where we can walk in divine health. Beloved, I wish above all, the Bible tells us that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Right? Beloved, I wish above all that you prosper. 3 3 John 1 and 2, English Standard Version tells us, he said, Beloved, I pray that all that all may go well with you. This is the English Standard Version. And that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So in order for me to have good physical health, my mindset has to be changed. He's talking about the soul, the, the mind, will, and emotions. Okay, he's talking about the mind. How many of you know that we have to change our mindset to change where we're at? Faith comes by hearing, physical hearing and a spiritual hearing, because you got to hear with your spirit. You can hear some stuff with your ears and not hear with your spirit, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So to have faith in God's word, we have to hear God's word. So now we understand the fight. We understand the fight of trying to keep us away from reading the word, from studying the word, and from hearing the word. The devil wants us to sit up and watch secular TV and, and Netflix all day long and um, listen to the news. We'll get up and listen to the news, the world news, but we won't listen to God news, the good news. And so we're wondering why we don't have faith. There, You know there's no condemnation. You know there's no condemnation here. Right. But we have to know some things. We have to know the truth in order to be free, set free from a lie. So he says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, a continual basis, just like fear. But uh, fear cometh and uh, cometh from hearing the words of the world or the words of the enemy. Right. So we sit up and we listen to secular news all day. Then we're not. We're gonna, that's what we're going to have faith for. And we sit up and listen to things about the virus all day, and we don't spend no time in the Word of God seeing what He has to say. We're going to have more faith for the virus than we are for what God say because we haven't been listening to it. This is what people fail to realize. Faith don't just come by from what you heard. Faith comes by from what you're hearing. So just because you learned 30 years ago that by Jesus stripes you're healed, the question is not the question is not do you know the scripture? The question is, do you believe the scripture? Because faith comes by hearing. So we can know stuff and not believe stuff. 
How many of you know that? Because faith cometh by hearing. So we need to be constantly hearing the word of God to constantly keep having faith for it. And that's the deception of it all. This is why the Bible says it's the doer of the word that's blessed and not the hearer only. Because we're, we're living off yesterday's manner or we're living off words that we heard 20 years ago or Bible verses that we memorized, but we don't have faith for the, we don't have faith for the verse. <laughs> you say, what are you talking about? Well, the truth of the matter is, and we need to be honest with this, is that we act on what we believe. So are you praying the prayer of faith? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? It's so important that we watch our words because the Bible tells us that life and death is in the power of our tongue. Now, we know this scripture. We know this scripture. But um, do we believe it? Do we believe what the word of God says? It's the prayer of faith. We have to believe what we say when we say what God say. We got to believe what God said. We can't just be saying stuff and not believing it because if we don't believe God knows what we believe we can we can um trick people but we can't trick Jesus a lot of times when uh, when Jesus would heal people in the bible you say he what did he say he said your faith has made you whole we have to believe it let me read this story uh, about the lepers the 10 lepers that were healed in Luke 17 it says NLT says on their way to Jerusalem Jesus and the disciples passed through Samaria and Galilee. When he entered a certain village, he was met by 10 lepers who cried to him from a distance. Jesus, master, have pity on us. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest because they had to be declared clean. Okay. And as they went, they were made clean. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice, praised God. And he fell down at the feet of Jesus with his face on the ground and thanked him. And this man was a Samaritan, <laughs> the ones they considered unclean. And Jesus said to him, were not 10 made clean? Where are the other nine? Was there no one who returned to give praise to God except this stranger? Because he was considered outside the covenant, he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said to him, arise and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. So here, what does Jesus say made him well? He said it was his faith that made him well. Why is this? Because um, back then, Jesus was walking on the earth with them, but now we know Jesus is going on. He's ascended to heaven, and he's sitting at the right-hand side of the Father. So having faith in God is what's going to manifest the promises of God. Because like I always say, without faith, the Bible teaches us that it's impossible to please God. We must not only believe that he exists, because even demons believe he exists, but we must also believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay, so God is a rewarder of those. They're, when they're crying out to the Lord and we're crying out to the Lord and we're in the word and we're um, crying out to him, that we're seeking him. When we're searching for him, we're looking for scriptures. We're, you know, we're seeking him. Lord, I want what you want. Jesus tells us in Matthew 11, 28, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What does the word say will happen when we come to him? He says that when we come to him, that he will give us rest. How do we find rest, uh, rest from stress? How do, we, how do we get rest from stress? By putting, casting our cares upon the Lord through prayer and trusting in his word. Remember the Bible teaches us that the children of Israel could not enter. The Egyptians could not enter excuse me, the children of Israel, the Israelites could not enter into God's rest. Why? Because of unbelief. We cannot experience the peace of God or the rest of God without having faith in God. Because if we don't believe what, we, what he says, we're going to still carry the weight of that worry, that concern, that anxiety, and that fear. So how, remember we said, how do you cast your cares? through prayer. What does the word of God say about what you're going through? We cannot be lazy. No one's going to be able to spoon feed us. We're going to have to actually dig in the word and find out what is the what does the word say concerning anger? What does the word say concerning oppression, depression? What does the word say about envy, insecurity? What does the Bible says? You, I don't know. What is your issue? Because we all have them. 
right? These open doors, these areas in our lives that give access to the devil in our lives. Those are the weaknesses. Those are the things. He said he gives power to those who are weak and those who have no might. He increases your strength. Quit saying that you can't do something. You're right. You can't do it on your own. But God has promised in Isaiah 40, 29, that he gives power to those that are weak. Let the weak say that they're strong. Why is this? Because what we're saying is, I'm not strong. It's not by my might, nor by my power, but it's by your spirit, Lord. It's the Holy Spirit. It's in him and because of him that we live, move, and have our being. I don't know about you, but I'm fully convinced that I can do absolutely nothing without him. Glory, hallelujah. Are you fully convinced that you can do absolutely nothing without him? If so, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 teaches us. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. Let's quit saying what the world is saying and let's start saying what God's word is saying. That's double-minded and unstable. We, we have to believe it in our heart. When we begin to believe stuff in our heart, we're going to confess it in, with our mouth. But I'm trying to get to Proverbs 3, 5 and 8. says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean to your own understanding. Quit looking outside of the word of God for answers. He said, lean not to your own understanding. How many of you know if it's something outside that we need, we can ask God for wisdom and he will tell us where to go. He will give us instructions on what to do, right? Because we live in this natural world. But in all that, we need to be led by the spirit of God. The word of God teaches us. Those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says in all your ways. He didn't say in some of your ways. He says in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. What's your path to healing? What way is God telling you to do? Is God telling you to take this or to take that or to do this or to do that? We need to have a word from the Lord. We don't need to be doing stuff just because everybody else is doing it. We need to make sure that God has given us peace in our lives and he's given us the green light or the okay because nobody knows your immune system like the Holy Spirit. And just because, you know, I've, I've taken uh, certain pills that work for other people, but it didn't work for me. It made me nervous, jittery, and shake. And, sh and I said, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't even really drink uh, caffeine, caffeinated coffee. Somebody else can, but that's not for me. You see, so our bodies are not the same. So we need to get the counsel of God. Just because that worked for you don't mean that'll work for me. I need to know what the spirit of the living God is saying to me. Those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. And we say, well, you need to use wisdom. Well, is it really wise to be taking stuff and you don't know what you're taking? Is it really wise to be taking stuff and you don't really know the whole story concerning the issue? Because only one side of a story is being told. We're talking about the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of the world. There's two kinds of wisdom. If the wisdom that you rely on cause you not to rely on God, that's the wisdom of the world. When we start going around and having our faith in a in, in, a, in a blood pressure pill, we got more faith in the blood pressure pill than we do, than we have in the word of God. It's my blood pressure pills. Don't get me wrong. We have a natural body. I'm not coming against that. God is, you know, he gives man wisdom and knowledge to know how to create medicines and stuff. I'm just using this for an illustration purposes. Um, we need to, in everything and in all things, we need to give God thanks and praise. And in all our ways, we need to acknowledge God. We need to consult him and say, Father, is this your will for my life? I can't, and anything done outside of faith is sin, okay? So we're just doing stuff because someone else is doing it or because we're afraid of what people are going to say or what people are going to think, then that's not being led by the Spirit of God. That's being led by the Spirit of fear. That's being led by the opinion of people. The Bible says, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Wow, there's, an, a, prom, there's a promise of healing attached to uh, us trusting in the Lord with all our heart. Us not, not leaning to our own understanding, but acknowledging God in all our ways. He says that when we do this, the promise of, of the benefits of doing this, he said it's going to bring uh, healing to your bones. 
right? Right? I lost it. But there's always a promise attached to the Word of God. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Right? He said, quit trying to figure it out. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. He said, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Quit trying to think that you can figure stuff out, that you know what's best. He said, fear the Lord. And then you need, when we fear the Lord, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Fear the Lord and turn away from what's evil. When you fear the Lord, you'll quit doing evil. The reason we're still practicing evil is because we have no reverence for the Lord. Because the fear, that there means reverence. When you reverence the Lord, when you have respect for God, you're just not going to do certain things. Isn't that kind of like how we respect our parents? When you respect, it's just certain things you won't do. I remember, um, you know, even before I became a believer, there are certain things I wouldn't do around my mom. I would not cuss around my mom. I would not drink around my mom. My family, I wouldn't. I mean, I just, I, for me, that was just something that made me feel awkward. You know, why was this? Because of my reverence and my respect for her. Okay, it says, it will be healing to your flesh. It says, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So when we trust in the Lord with all our heart, that means we need to acknowledge him. Or we find out what the word says. It says, by Jesus' stripes, you're healed. So I'm trusting in the Lord. I'm trusting, I'm believing the fact that I'm not trying to get healed. The prayer of faith does not pray uh, past uh, present tense. The prayer of faith prays past tense. It's already happened. Jesus said it's finished. It says we were healed. The prayer of faith prays in the presence. It's already done. It's already finished. We're not trying to get, as long as you see yourself trying to get healed, you can't believe that you're already healed. And faith has nothing to do with our feelings. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Fear comes by hearing and hearing the words of the world. Doubt comes by hearing and hearing and believing the words of the world. We have more, when we have more of the world in us than the word in us, we're going to have more faith for the world than for the word. So there's no condemnation because today is another day. We get to do what God says. What does the word of God say about the, those open doors that's in our lives that's given access to the devil in our lives, to those sin issues that are in our, that's in our life? We Yes, we say it all the time. Yes, I have issues. We all have sin issues, okay, because we live in the flesh. But that's not good enough to admit it. We have to be willing to quit it. So in order to quit it, first thing do, we do have to do is admit it. Confess your own faults one to another. Even with that promise, when he says confess your own faults one to another so that you can be healed, healing, there's a healing a promise attached to confessing our own faults. Because we have to admit it before we can quit it. You have to admit that there's something wrong with you before you see a, that you need to be delivered from it. For we need to... So confess your own faults one to another that you may be healed. Confess your faults one to another. What are some of the things that hinder our healing? Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is the number one healer. Unforgiveness is what hinders our healing. Because God said, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive. Because it's opposite to who God is. God is opposite to evil. So when we have unforgiveness in our lives, that's a constant open door. That's a door of access. That's like having every window in your house open, your doors open, your cars, everything that you apply a lot to, it's unlocked. Because that is an open door. That's the door that gives access to the devil in our lives. For we are not ignorant of the devil devices. Therefore, give no place to the devil. That's one of the devil's main devices, unforgiveness. And what we fail to realize is that unforgiveness is rooted in pride. Because when we get into unforgiveness, it causes us to not see the plank in our eye. And yes, no, we may didn't do exactly what they did or we may didn't say exactly what they said, but we all have sinned and fallen short. And we've all done something um, that was off or, you know, we've all sinned in some kind of way or another. And we all are in need of forgiveness daily. So if, if, we, if we give grace, we'll 
reap grace. If you give mercy, you'll reap mercy. Okay, so next time when you're holding on to unforgiveness, uh, check yourself so you don't wreck yourself and say, hey, I'm sitting in the seat of judgment. I'm sitting in the seat of pride because it's causing me to look down on what they did and it keeps me from seeing uh, what I did or what I'm doing. Or the, it keeps me from acknowledging the fact that I have issues. God is a redemptive God. So when he shows you something, say, Lord, how can I minister grace to them? How can I minister mercy to them? so that they can be healed, um, delivered, set free, and made whole. You know, when he caught the woman in adultery, he didn't condemn her. He, he did convict her, though. Con he convinced her that she didn't need to do that anymore. That's what the Holy Spirit comes. He said, I did not come, Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world, but to convict or to convince the world, what, that they are in need of a Savior. So Proverbs 17, 22, we're not just talking about natural physical healing, because some of you say, well, I'm walking in good health, and I'm talking about the inner healing also. What, it, what happens on the inside affects what's coming on the outside. Let me prove it to you. Proverbs 17, 22. Um, NLT, it says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bone. How many of you know, I remember, um, excuse me, I was sitting in my um, criminal justice class, and my professor said, if you could just get a depressed person to laugh. And why did he say that? As soon as he said that, the Holy Spirit brought this scripture to me, a joyful heart is good as medicine. It says, but a crushed spirit dries up the bone. There's two parts to this, Proverbs 17, 22. So how is it that a joyful heart is good medicine? Because science, scientists have proven that uh, when you're happy, it release, it boosts your serotonin level. The serotonin level, it releases like the joy, the happy, the happy juice, right? So, I, I, you know, and this is what I like about scientific study, not the kind that's trying to disprove God, but those kind that's really in search of true answers because how many of you know that anything that's true can be proven? <laughs> so the word of God is true, right? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? So if you look up something, and, and, and for this example here, you can, you can find, uh, look up the serotonin, and it'll tell you what it has to do with boosting your levels when you're down and depressed. So a joyful heart, laughter is good as medicine, right? This here, the NLT says a joyful heart is good as medicine. You know that when you begin to laugh, how how good you begin to feel. When you laugh, depression leaves. When you laugh, because it's boosting, it's actually doing something to your natural physical body. The Word of God, I, this is why I tell people, it's a prophetic book. And if you want to know what's going to happen next, just <laughs> look in God in the good news. Look at the good news. Because the world is just discovering what the Word has already said. So if you want to be ahead of the world, look in the Word. What's next? What's coming up next? This is why we should not think it's so strange. This is why we should not be caught off guard at these fiery trials. This is why I don't understand it when believers say, well, yeah, I do. When they're, when they're taken off guard about the wickedness, and the, nothing man do surprises me. You cannot surprise me. And the reason you can't surprise me is because the word of God has already said it. I read it and I believe it. The evil men are going to grow worse as we go towards these perilous times. I also believe that the, the righteous is not appointed unto wrath because God does send warning before destruction. He let, he let, did he not let Noah know that the flood was coming before the flood came? And Noah and his family, they were considered righteous and the Lord delivered them from the day of wrath. God knows how to deliver the righteous from the day of wrath. We are not appointed unto wrath. Now we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And it's going to rain upon the just as well as the unjust. But listen here. It's not the fact that we're not going to go through stuff. Because Jesus said in this world, we're going to have some tribulations, right? But the key to it all as believers is how we go through it. He said, but if you keep your mind stayed on me, I'll keep you in perfect peace. It's not that we're not going to be affected by the waves, the wind, but he said it's, it's how we go through. He said when we're doers of the word, we're like a wise man that builds our house on the rock, on the foundation. When we build our lives on the word of God and the storms of life come, the winds, the waves, the tornadoes, whatever, even though we're in the world, we won't have to be affected by it because we can still have our peace how many of you know you can have peace in the midst of chaos? I'm telling you what I know. I'm here to testify 
to you that the word of God, it is true. Okay, I'm not talking about uh, just uh, the, the logos. I'm talking about a rhema word. I'm talking about the word of God that I've lived out. Okay, God is faithful. He who promised is faithful. But um, we have to, uh, any, every, the word of God has to be activated by our faith. Without faith, why is this? Because we're believing in a God we cannot see. Okay, and the things that he's telling us in this book, in the word has already been done. So we have to use our faith in God. What is, we have to have faith, faith in what? Faith in God, faith in his word. Because when we don't believe what he say, we call him a liar. Oops, yes, I said it. God's word is his voice. God's word is one. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, right? And the word became flesh and it dwelt among men. God and his word is one. Right? I said all that to say God and his word is one. So when we don't believe God's word, we don't believe God. And we call him a liar. It's just like if you write me a letter, okay? And you tell me some things in that letter. And I don't believe a word that you say. Well, then I'm calling you a liar because your words represent you. So God's word represents him. So I pray that we look at it at a different prospect. So we want to know what to do. Life does come with the manual. The Word of God is our manual, our life manual. Children do come with the manual. The Bible is the manual. God never created us and, and just left us here without instructions. His Word is our instructions. It's to teach us how to live righteously. He, he left instructions on how to be a parent, on how to be a wife, on how to be a friend, on how to be... Uh, a spouse, a husband, whatever. He did He did not leave us as orphans. He didn't just leave us alone. He left his word. He left us with the comforter, with the Holy Ghost. He didn't leave us comfortless. He didn't leave us helpless. We're not helpless and we're not alone. He's a mother to the motherless, a father to the fatherless. You are not alone. Our God is a good God. So here it is, Proverbs 17, 22. It says, a joyful heart is good medicine. So laughter is good as medicine. So when you can laugh, man, I laughed so much yesterday, I was literally in tears. It makes you feel so good. I was watching one of my favorite movies. Okay, it says, but a crushed spirit dries up the bone. So how many, you know, I was doing some study on this because once again, what the word of, because the word of God is true, it can be proven. And scientists are just learning what God has already said. Right? So um, uh, I was reading on Arthritis Foundation blog, um, and I was asking the question, I typed in, how does our emotions affect our bones? And so I came up, I found this in the Arthritis Foundation blog. It says, whether it's work-related, family-related, environmental, physical, emotional, stress causes our body to fall out of balance. And we know this, right? So stress causes our body to fall out of balance. So when we have an, a broken spirit or a crushed spirit, that's a depressed spirit, Okay, it says it dries up the bones, right? So the, the Arthritis Foundation blog writes this. It says, whether it's work-related, family-related, environmental, physical, emotional stress, it causes our body to fall out of balance and can actually cause the diminishing of calcium in our bones. This is how it dries up the bones because we need calcium in our body. So it says, but a crushed spirit or a broken spirit, it, it dries the bones. So being depressed, our emotions affect our bones. Stress causes inflammation. Our emotions affect our bones. Our emotions, it says stress, stress causes our bodies to fall out of balance and can actually cause the diminishing of calcium. It can cause a lack of calcium in our bones. When we are stressed, our body releases a stress hormone called cortisol, C-O-R-T-I-S-O-L. That's the stress hormone that it releases, which causes havoc on our system, havoc on our body. So our emotions is affecting our calcium, the calcium in our bones. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Are you depressed? When you get depressed, are you stressed? It's affecting your bones. It's, it's affecting your bones. When you're having these flare-ups, these uh, 
arthritis flare-ups, these fibromyalgia flare-ups. All this stuff is coming. It's attached to our emotions. Start looking at yourself when you're experiencing these flare-ups. Is it because you're stressed? Is it because you're angry? Because, you know, we have blood in the bones. All that's affecting your bones. It says a cheerful heart is good medicine. Okay? Find something to be the joy of the Lord. How many of you know that the Bible says it's the joy of the Lord is our strength? The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So we need to, what is it about the word of God that makes you happy? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let those that are weak say that they're strong. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we don't have joy, it's going to make us weak, right? Because that's a connected, once again, it goes back to stress and depression. Remember the stress hormone called cortisol. It causes havoc on our body. And when we become stressed, our phys- or it affects our physical emotions. Um, stress causes our body to fall out of balance and can actually cause the diminishing of calcium in our bones. That's what causes us to drop the bones. I tell you, you look at um, people that are really mean-spirited, they're going to deal with a lot of arthritis. It's affecting your bones. It's affecting your bones. It's affecting your bones. The joy of the Lord is our strength. What will a broken spirit or sad heart do to our bones? To our, it causes us to be weak. It's affecting our bones. Our emotions is affecting our bones. We know that you can, uh, uh, I've seen people, heart of people have, getting real angry, having heart attacks. It's messing with your blood. Our emotions is affecting our physical body. So the Lord said, cast your cares. God knows that we have cares. God knows that we have worries. He knows that we have fears. And he knows that we have concerns. So he says, you know what I want you to do with those? I want you to give them to me. I want you to cast your cares upon the Lord. Why is this? He said, because I care for you. The Bible says that he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Psalms 147.3 NLT. So what two things that God, does God do for the brokenhearted? He binds up their wounds and he heals them. These are the promises of God that we can stand on. The, again, this is inner healing. He says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Is anyone out there brokenhearted? If so, this is God's promise to you. Psalms 147 and 3 says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. This is the promise of God. We don't have to be hopeless. You don't have to be stuck in that situation. You don't have to be stuck feeling down and feeling depressed and feeling sad. He says he heals the brokenhearted. And God has promised you that he will bind up your wounds. Psalms 147.3. Are you brokenhearted? If so, he says he heals the brokenhearted. Um, There's also Proverbs that says hope defers make the heart sick. Some people are brokenhearted because someone promised them something and they didn't do it. And so it caused, you know, you, you know, you had great expectations of something that was going to happen. It didn't happen. So Proverbs says hope defers. It makes the heart sick. It's a great disappointment to you when people tell you something and they don't do it. But the good news is it says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. And another thing, don't be so let down because God tells us to have no confidence in the arm of flesh. Why is this? He says for us not to have confidence in our own arm of flesh because in life things happen. And imperfect people, I'm not making excuses, but let's just be real. Imperfect people like ourselves, we sometimes do and say imperfect things. I don't know about you, but I'm raising my hand. So again, a sad heart affects the calcium level in our bones when you're depressed and feeling down. But laughter, he says, is good as medicine. But a broken spirit, it dries up the bones. Are your bones broken? Are you losing calcium in your body because you're depressed and you're sad? Let's get some joy flowing in your life. Mean, bitter people are going to deal with arthritis. Mean, bitter people are going to, unforgiveness is going to deal, it's going to affect your bones. It dries up the bones. 
Laughter is good as medicine, but when we're, uh, but a broken spirit, a bitter person, is going to dry up your bones. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. He gives power to the weak and those who have no might, he increases your strength. When you're weak, say that you're strong. God, you increase my strength. Father, you, you promised to give me power. You said you give power to the weak. You said, I can't do this. I'm not able to do this. No, you can't. But he said, um, I, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. I can help you to do whatever it is that you need me to do, but just ask for it. Because I, those who put their trust in the Lord, how many of you know, he says he will not cause us to be ashamed. Beloved, 3 John 1, 2, English Standard Version. I'm almost out of time, but I got to end the year. He says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Or, Beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So our soul, our mind, will, and emotions, that's the soul. Our intellect, it has to prosper. Uh, it has to be renewed. How do our soul prosper? According to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's look it up. Uh, we have to renew our mind. None of this can happen without us renewing our mind and having faith to believe uh, what the Word of God says. Healing is not in the past tense. It's already finished. Just quit saying, Lord, I'm, I'm believing God for my healing. Quit saying that. I'm thanking God that I'm already healed. That's, that's the prayer of faith. That's the confession of faith because he said it's already been done. I'm, I'm trying to help me, Holy Spirit, with this. If you believe that you're trying to get something that's already yours, that's not having faith. But if you believe that it's already yours and you're just waiting for it to manifest, that puts you in a different place. Because when you believe that you're trying to get something, that makes you feel like you got to work for it. But when you believe that it's already yours, that, that causes you to have to wait for it. And you're waiting, and you're waiting in faith, and you're waiting and you're still serving. Um, you're still doing those things that you need to do, but you're just giving God thanks and praise for the manifestation of the promise. The Bible says that after we've done the will of God, that we will have to wait on God. Let me find that for you. After we have done the will of God, after we have done the will of God, we're going to have to wait on God. <laughs> That's Hebrews 10.36, okay? Hebrews 10.36 tells us, so do not throw away your, I'm going to go to 35. So do not throw away your confidence. It holds a great reward. Do not throw away your faith while you're waiting. But make sure that you're waiting in faith. Because if you're not waiting in faith, that alone is not going to get you anything done. When we're believing God for healing, we have to believe that it's already done. I'm not uh, waiting for God to heal me, okay? Because Jesus is not coming back down from heaven to do anything. It's already finished. It's already done. So the prayer of faith is believing that it's already done, okay? And all we're doing is waiting for the manifestation of the promise. So, I mean, a miracle is instantly, but healing, it is a process, okay? But by Jesus' stripes, you're already healed, okay? So when you're getting healed, it may just be a gradual thing. It may start with it don't hurt no more. Whereas before, when you moved it, it hurt, you know, but it's, it's already healed. You just haven't seen the full manifestation. Now you can do your arms like this where you couldn't raise it before, by Jesus' stripes, you're already healed. So here, Hebrews 10, 35 says, so do not throw away your confidence. Don't lose your faith. Don't throw away your confidence. That's why faith is not a feeling. Faith is having uh, faith in uh, God's promise. What does the word of God say? It's not by might nor by power. It's not a feeling. Faith is the substance of things. For faith is believing in a God that you cannot see. Faith is believing in what God say. Do you believe, do you have faith in God's word? Do you, do you take God at his word? The Bible says he who promised is faithful. God cannot tell a lie. The devil is a liar. This is for any area, uh, area of your life. If you believe in God for healing, you can't be going around claiming things. My arthritis, my high blood pressure, my high cholesterol, my fibromyalgia, my this, my that, my 
my anxiety, whatever it is, it's not yours. It does not belong to you. But how can two walk together except they both agree? We can't walk in agreement with, with the with the virus, with the sickness, with the disease, and, 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 and profess healing too. For a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways because he has divided loyalties. That's having a divided loyalty. We have to watch the confession of our faith. So do not throw away your confidence. It holds great reward. Hebrews 10, 36. You need to persevere so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Wow, that's powerful. Hebrews 10, 36. It says, for in just a little while, he is coming and he will, he will come and will not delay. Right? It's by patient endurance that you will gain your soul. It's through faith and patience Luke 21, 19 says that we inherit the promise. It's through faith and patience. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, persistent in prayer. Romans 12 and 12. Why? Because we're waiting on the Lord. After you have done the will of God, you're going to have to wait on God. Don't let what you feel steal your faith. Don't start saying what you feel. Jesus said, by Jesus Christ, we have to take the word of God serious. It's not a joke. And life and death is in the power of tongue. He said, you you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So if we don't persevere, if we lose hope, if we lose confidence, if we lose our faith after we've done whatever it is that God say do, we're not going to receive the promise if we faint. Do not faint. Don't grow weary. Don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired of saying the right thing. Don't get tired of doing the uh, saying. Because when we get tired of doing the right thing, we're going to start doing the wrong thing. We're going to start saying the wrong thing. Don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you will reap what you sow. The Bible tells us that those who put their trust in the Lord, he will not cause us to be ashamed. Why is this? Because when we're saying what God is saying, that's his reputation on the line. It's not for us to make God's word good. It's for him. The Bible says that he watches over his own word to perform it. And that his word, it will not return unto him void. So do not throw away your confidence. Because it holds a great reward. When you're trusting and believing in God, remember he said he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Don't throw away, start back saying what the word says. By Jesus stripes, I'm healed. Yeah, but it don't feel like it. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It's what he says. His word is not based upon our feelings. It's based upon what he did. Jesus already took the stripes. Do you believe that the stripes... You know, when I pray as a father, your your word is those stripes that you took on your body is not in vain. I believe that by your stripes, those stripes that you took on your body, I'm healed. You was bruised for my iniquity, for my Ill, inner healing and the chastisement of my peace. You took that on you so that I could have peace. God, Jesus said, the peace that I give you is not like the world give it to you. The world cannot give you the peace that God gives you. And the peace that he gives you past all understanding, no alcohol, no drugs, no nothing in the natural can give us true peace. But it's the peace that cometh from God, the peace that passes all understanding. So he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer or supplication with thanksgiving, just let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will cover your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to have to end it here. But remember that when you're believing what the word of God said, when you're standing on the promise that by Jesus stripes I'm already healed, it's already done. Quit. Don't watch your confession of faith. Don't be going around saying, I'm trying to get healed. I'm waiting on God to heal me. No, it's already finished. The prayer of faith believes that it's already done. By his stripes, I'm already healed, irregardless of what I feel, irregardless of what I see, irregardless. I am, it's finished. It's already done. I'm just, you're going to have needs. You're going to have to persevere. Patience, endurance is what you will need now so that you will continue to do God's will, NLT says. Then you will receive all that he has promised. NLT says patience, endurance is what you need now. After you found the promise of God and you're standing on the word of God concerning your healing, your wealth, your health, your marriage, your children, whatever the promise is, now you're going to have to uh, have patience. You're going to have to persevere. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction. 
persistent in prayer. Make sure you're persistent in prayer. Make sure you're joyful while you're waiting. Make sure you're patient during your affliction because you know that it's just a matter of time. In due season, he's going to restore you, establish you, and settle you. That's what the promise of the Lord is. I'm ending it here. Be blessed.